Welcome, everybody, to uh, uh, Carols by Candlelight. Um, if you're a visitor here, you don't normally come to our services, an even bigger welcome, because you're, you're always welcome at St. James. And a special welcome to the Reverend Philip Sauberts, who will be uh, preaching during this service. He comes from St. Mary's Castle Church in, in Stafford. I've got to tell you something about uh, emergency exit in case there is a fire. Um, we have three doors, three exits. The main one, the west door, you probably came through that one, you know the way there. And there's also one in that corner there. And there's a little door behind me in the chancel, that's that bit behind me. And uh, we'll only be using that in an emergency. We won't be using that one otherwise. If you've got a candle with you, you know, one that's uh, got a flame on it, a live flame, then it must be encased in glass or something to make it safe. And if there wasn't an emergency like a fire, leave your bags behind. Don't panic. Um, if I can, I'll get to here and, and be giving out instructions. And there'll be people at all the exits with torches, just in case we can't get the lights back on, we'll, we'll look after you. And if that were to happen, we would meet on the pharmacy car park. If you don't know where that is, just follow everybody else. <laughs> so in a moment, um, the lights will go out and the service will commence with a solo of uh, one verse, the first verse of the first carol, which Denise will be singing for us. She will um, start the service for us. Well, before we get to that point, let me remind you that, uh, well, you might not know this at all, that our 10.30 morning services are on YouTube. If you'd like to join us, we'd rather you came in person, but if, if that's not possible or you don't want to, you could join us on YouTube. If you want details, just ask somebody from this church. We'd love to have you on YouTube. Right, could we have the lights out, please?
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, whose entry into our world we celebrate. Help us to remember his birth and to share in the song of the angels, the gladness of the shepherds, and the worship of the wise men. Amen. Please join me in the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. We are all sinners. Let us confess our sin to the Lord. Most merciful Father, our Creator and Judge, we acknowledge and confess that we have sinned against you by thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with all our heart and we have not loved our neighbour as ourselves. We earnestly repent and are truly sorry for all our sins. For your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us and strengthen us to serve and obey you in lives wholly renewed by your Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this.
But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time comes when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, 
he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to say, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 
you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. When Elizabeth, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her.
those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be the greatest joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger.
sister Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh.
the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everything was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not out of natural descent, nor a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Hello. Are you all still asleep? I I will never know because, of course, it's so dark. Um, Can you see me? I'm sorry about that. Anyway, my name's Philip. I'm the vicar of Castle Church in Stafford. Um, I'm here tonight because I think probably our church is the only one that's not having a carol service tonight. Uh, so I, I got roped into doing this. Um, our church, we do, we do ours on the last day of work. Uh, so we have ours on Friday night uh, this week. So if you're in Stafford and you want a second dose, then you're welcome to come to Castle Church. Um, yeah, so I've been at Castle Church 17 years. You can probably tell from my accent I'm not from around here. Um, so I did wonder tonight whether we should have subtitles up on the screen for my Lancashire accent. Would that help? Can you arrange that, Ian? That would be great if you could do that. He's a monkey who'll translate. He's a monkey who can translate. Is that all right? Okay, then. That's all right. And uh, it's been a brilliant service, hasn't it? It's been so wonderful. Thank you to everybody who's made it so special tonight. Um, all the readers who've read fantastically. Musicians. And uh, who, who doesn't love a bit of brass, eh? And uh, what a treat having Denise singing for us, wasn't it? So just a brilliant, wonderful service. I'm just so thrilled that I'm here tonight. So uh, anyway, let's just think a few moments about what we've heard tonight. I wonder, those of you who have got children, whether you had any problem at all choosing their name. Now, of course, different people have different reasons for choosing names. Sometimes it's a family name. Sometimes it's just because it's a cute name. But whatever reason people have for calling their babies various names, most names have meanings. My name, Philip, actually means lover of horses. I've got to tell you that I do not have any particular affinity with horses. Although every December my wife tells me that she'd like one for Christmas. 
But why do I tell you this? Well, in our reading from the Bible site that Janice read just a few moments ago from from Matthew chapter 1, in verse 21, we had a baby naming. And it's not a difficult name to remember. It's the name Jesus. But of course, if you'd gone to a, a, a Hebrew book of baby names and looked up Jesus, you'd see that it was a really popular name, not unique, probably in the top ten of baby names of the time. Because it was the Hebrew name of one of Israel's Old Testament heroes, Joshua. But the meaning of the name is more significant. Because the meaning of the name Jesus is literally God saves. Or more accurately, God to the rescue. So why that name? Well, it was the name that God told Joseph to call him. Verse 21 says this. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save or rescue his people from their sins. So you see, it's a name that is loaded with meaning. And in that one verse, the angel gives us the whole Christmas message. Not only the whole Christmas message, but also the whole of the Christian message. So just a few things to leave with you tonight. First of all, there's something that we need saving from. The angel said to Joseph, he will save his people from their sins. Well, most of us have this idea that we're sort of born innocent, don't we? Uh, We look at a baby and we go, ah, they're so innocent. But if we're born innocent, how come we don't grow up innocent? You see, it doesn't take a baby long to work out how it can get its own way. Simple, isn't it? Scream. Throw a tantrum. One of the first words babies learn is, no. And nothing changes, really. No one in this church building tonight would seriously get up and say, you know, I've never thought or said or done anything wrong, anything unloving, or said anything that's untrue. And again, if you believe that human beings are basically good, then how come you locked your house when you came out tonight? How come you keep your money in a bank and panic when you lose your purse or your wallet? Actually, the Bible explains the reality much better. It tells us that God created the first humans good, but then they rebelled against him. That was what the first reading we had tonight from Genesis 3 was all about. So that from then on, it literally became human nature, human nature. So to say to God, either consciously or subconsciously, keep out, keep out, I want to run my own life. I don't need you, God. I don't want you. God, you are irrelevant to my life. And it's that kind of attitude to God that the Bible calls sin. You see, sin isn't just the naughty things that we might do every now and again, like nicking stationery from work, or driving a few miles an hour over the speed limit, or even having a larger-than-average slice of chocolate cake. But you might think, you know, I'm not really a bad person. Maybe I'm not in the category of a a Mother Teresa, but, you know, I'm definitely not in the category that has all those really, really evil people in it. You know the category I mean? Putin, Hitler, Pol Pot, Saddam Hussein, wheel clampers, (laughs) dentists, 
Guardiola. <laughs> <laughs> but whose standards are you judging yourself by? Whose standards are you judging yourself by? Your own? Because at the end of the day, your standards don't really matter. Only God's standards matter. And because he's God, that standard is 100% perfect. So guess what? We all fall short. (coughs) Now, I don't want to rock up tonight at a church where I'm not even the vicar and offend anyone by talking about sin at a carol service. And if I am offending anyone, I'm very, very sorry. Don't worry, I won't be here next week. (laughs) But we all need to understand that sin is just open rebellion against the God who created you, living my life, my way, with me in charge. So if I called you a sinner, I'm not making a moral judgment about how you choose to live your life. I'm just making a statement about how you treat God. Sin isn't about breaking the rules. Sin is about the fact that we want to make the rules. And every single one of us is guilty, including me. That's the Bible's diagnosis of us. And that's why, as the angel said, we need saving from it. Because if, up to the end of our lives, we've said to God, look, I don't want you. I don't want your loving rule in my life. Then with no pleasure at all, he'll have to say, I'm sorry then, I can't have you in my heaven. Because you can't be part of my kingdom if you won't accept me as your king. So you see, there's something that we need saving from. Second, there's only one person who can save us. So if you're with me so far, you can't help but ask, is there any solution to that open rebellion against God? And the natural question for us to ask is, is there any way I can do better? Is there any way I can sort of make up for what I've done? Is there any way I can sort of pull up my moral socks so that God might look at me and look at me and think, well, he's not such a bad sort, is he? Well, no. Think again about the meaning of the name Jesus. God to the rescue. Now, when I was younger, in my teenage years, I did the Duke of Edinburgh award scheme. And I even got my gold award. You're supposed to clap at that point. No, okay, you don't need to. But I got my gold Duke of Edinburgh, and I had to do a, a, a sort of expedition at the end of it. Those of you who've done uh, Duke of Edinburgh will, will know that you've got to do an, ex- a, 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 an expedition. And we went up onto the mountains in the Lake District, and one of the mountains that we had to climb was Blencathra. If you know the mountains of the Lake District, uh, there are several ways down Blencathra. One of them is, is over something called Sharp Edge. And Sharp Edge is quite a tricky thing to climb up or climb down, and we had to scale Sharp Edge. But right in front of us, there was a man whose foot slipped, and he fell from Sharp Edge. He fell from Sharp Edge, and we were the only people around. He fell down, and he probably fell around about 30, 40 feet, something like that, and he broke his leg. It was clear that he'd broken his leg. He was up there on the mountain, miles from civilization. And let me tell you, there was absolutely nothing that he could have done to save or rescue himself from Blancathra. He was literally helpless. That man needed rescuing. He couldn't get up and walk. He couldn't even crawl off the mountain. 
One of us had to go and get mountain rescue. And this was in the days before mobile phones as well. So one of us had to physically walk down the mountain to the nearest place that we could make a phone call. But you know, it's the same with us and God. There is absolutely nothing we can do to rescue ourselves from our sin. There's nothing that we could do that would make God look at us and say, well, they're not so bad after all. No. And that's why God took the initiative. Well, imagine after the service tonight, one of our brilliant readers tonight uh, went and punched one of the other readers in the nose and said, you pronounced that word wrong in your reading. And as blood was streaming down their face, I walked over uh, and said to the puncher, it's all right, I'm going to forgive you for that. Well, it wouldn't hold much weight, would it? You see, to save that relationship, there has to be forgiveness. But only the offended person can forgive. And in the ultimate relationship with God, only God can forgive. Let me tell you, a priest cannot forgive you. Going through any kind of ritual, whether it's a church service, or baptism, or whatever, that can't forgive you. Only God himself can forgive you. And the incredible Christmas message is that he can, is longing to, and is willing to do it. And he's willing to do it through what Jesus came into the world to do. Because for God to forgive us, a problem had to be solved. The problem is, how can he forgive what we've done wrong without it looking as if right and wrong don't really matter? What do I mean? Well, when we see appalling atrocities on the news, like the wars we see raging at the moment, or terrorism, or murder, we're rightly outraged, aren't we? We say, lock them up and throw the key away. Well, you might not be a terrorist or a murderer, but as we see, we all fall short. We all fall short of God's 100% perfect standard, and so we're all all of us ultimately guilty. So if justice has got to be done, then God can't just pretend that all our sin and rebellion doesn't exist. Or it doesn't matter. There has to be justice. And the very heart of the Christmas message is this, that God in deep love, that we'll never really understand, has made a way for justice to be done on our sins without justice being carried out on us. And that way was Jesus dying on the cross. So when he did that, it was the Son of God taking the punishment that we deserve so justice could be done. Another part of the Bible explains the cross beautifully like this. He was pierced for our wrongdoing. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. So you see, Jesus wasn't just an example of a good man who said some wise things 2,000 years ago, because ultimately that would be useless to guilty sinners. No, Jesus was a perfect rescuer, a perfect saviour. And the Christmas message is that God can forgive you and really wants to forgive you. Even better, he wants to have a relationship with you. So often people say to me as a vicar, hey, you know, God doesn't want my kind. When you hear some of the stuff I've done, boy. But you know, that is just so wrong. It's exactly the opposite of what the Bible says. 
doesn't matter how bad we think we are, how heavy our sin weighs on our consciences, God wants to forgive and he can forgive because if you accept Jesus' death on the cross for yourself, justice has been done on your sin, however bad it is. Many years ago, when I was at university in Chester, uh, I went to a church where there was a guy called Joe in the congregation. Joe was a lovely bloke. He always wore this big, huge smile on his face, and he was always happy to see you. But get talking to Joe, let him share his story with you, and it turns out that he was a former violent, armed robber who'd spent years in prison. And it was while he was there that he heard this good news that God could and would forgive him through what Jesus did on the cross. And his favourite hymn, whenever he got to choose a hymn, he always picked the same one. It was the famous one by that former slave trader, John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved or rescued a wretch like me. Yeah, even like me. And God wants to do that for us before the time for sorting these things out is gone. There's only one obstacle to you being forgiven and starting a new relationship with God, even tonight. And that obstacle is you. Which brings us to the last and perhaps the most unpopular thing that the angel says to Joseph. Only some people are saved. Because the angel said to Joseph, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Well, the angel's already offended us by talking about our sin, and now he offends us by saying, not everyone's going to be saved. Because it doesn't say if he'll save all people from their sins, or that he'll save good people, or that he'll save people who go to church regularly, or he'll save sincere people of any religion. No, the angel says that he'll save his people. So what does that mean? Well, the angel's talking about the people who have accepted Jesus as their rescuer. The people who willingly accept Jesus as their king. And if we're those who rejected God's rule, or even those who just couldn't care less, those who are apathetic about God, who don't give Jesus a second thought, then that stops him from being king of our lives. And we will sail through life towards death with absolutely no hope. And if that's the case, then there's a definite step that needs to be taken to put things right with God. We need to turn to him and allow his gentle, loving, gracious, perfect rule into your life. It means asking for his forgiveness, knowing that justice has been done on the cross and that God longs to forgive let me tell you, it is a step that you will never, ever regret. Because it's a step that brings you peace and security. Knowing that you are completely forgiven. Knowing that your future is secure with a place in heaven. Not maybe. Not maybe depending on how good I am. No, that's nonsense. It is guaranteed. Guaranteed. Cast iron guaranteed. There are lots of people here at St. James who've taken that step. Ask them whether they ever regretted taking that step and asking the Lord Jesus into their lives.
And you know, Christmas is a great time to make that step. Don't wrap Jesus up until next year. Take that step. Why? Because eternity depends on it. In any year when we've seen such desolation and such awful stuff going on in our world, we can have security that whatever happens to each one of us, whatever happens, Jesus is king of our lives and we're ultimately safe with him through death into eternity. This year, I've, in my, my church, I've never had such a difficult year with illness. I've had seven members of my church family have cancer at one point or another during the year and have been going through uh, different treatments. And I had one of uh, the guys who's, who's had cancer up to the front just to pray for him at the, at the beginning of church, uh, front of church be, uh, as he was about to go and uh, under the knife. And I said, what's your help? What's your help, Alan? And he said, you know, as I go under the knife tomorrow, I don't mind what happens because I can go to be with the Lord. And that's great confidence, isn't it? Just a, just a, a couple of years ago, right in the middle of COVID, in my church family, there was um, a young mum in her early 40s, um, mainstay of the church, at church every week, called Andrea. And she hadn't been feeling very well. She'd been off work and she went to see a doctor and they did ran some tests. Turned out she had motor neuron disease. And you know there's no cure for motor neuron disease. And we were all heartbroken. And when she got back from the doctors after that, um, after that diagnosis, she rang my wife, Claire. And my wife was in tears. Because, great, lovely person, Andrea. And Andrea said to her, don't worry, Claire. All it means is that I'm going to go, with, with, go and be with Jesus just a little bit earlier than you. That's all right. That's fine. And she died and we had her funeral in church. And it was a wonderful testimony to the fact that her confidence was completely in the Lord Jesus. You too can have that confidence, that level of confidence by coming and putting your trust in the Lord Jesus. In a few minutes we're going to sing those wonderful words. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Then what does it say? Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Now here at St. James, they love to help you make that a reality in your life, or at least help you think about it more. In January here at St. James, they're holding a great little course, if you want to know more, called Hope Explored. It's a no-pressure, relaxed course where you can just ask questions or look more about what the Bible says about this stuff. It's free, it's open to anyone, and the good people of St. James will look after you. Get in touch with the church office. Catch me at the church door on your way out. I'll connect you to someone. But please do not put it off. Let me read you that baby naming verse one more time. She will give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. May that be true for everyone here tonight. Amen.
God, do we thank you that the message of peace with you that Christmas offers each of us, in your mercy, give us peace in our time, peace in our land, peace in our homes and peace in our hearts as we remember the birth at Bethlehem of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the joy of the angels, the wonder of the shepherds, and the peace of the Christ child fill our hearts this Christmas time, and the <coughs> blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with us now and always. Amen. Amen.